Welcome to We Chat Divorce, hosted by Karen Chalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, CDFA. Each episode, we sit down with divorce professionals and industry experts to provide insights and frank discussions about real people, real situations, and real divorce to help you achieve your best life post-divorce. This episode of We Chat Divorce is brought to you by My Divorce Solution, offering divorce financial planning so clients can secure the divorce settlement they deserve. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to request access. Welcome to We Chat Divorce, brought to you by My Divorce Solution and hosted by myself, Karen Shalou, Legal Liaison, and Katherine Shanahan, Divorce Financial Specialist and CDFA. On these special explainer episodes, we answer the top questions about divorce, guiding you through confidence and clarity. Today's a tough one. We're going to talk about dealing with financial abandonment in divorce and why it's important to prepare and be your own advocate during this challenge challenging process. So let's get started. First of all, Karen, what does being financially abandoned during divorce actually mean? So financially abandoned to me means that when you're going through a divorce or you're thinking about divorce, you suddenly realize you don't have direct access to the family's assets. Um, And so that can be overwhelming. Some people feel financially abandoned just by their relationship with their spouse, right? If the spouse has been the financial manager and they have not, I think people need to understand that's not necessarily financial abandonment. That could just be a communication issue. But there are many, many people who, when approaching divorce, realize that to take first steps could put them in a place of not having any access to uh, support themselves during the process. You know, it often goes hand to hand with the financial abuse in a relationship as well, right? So mm-hmm. I can imagine that you've never handled your finances and you've been controlled by what you can spend and what you can have access to. And now you're faced with divorce. And so your spouse now doesn't even validate what you used to spend because now they don't think you should spend that. So you can get cut off by your credit cards, which is where you probably feel abandoned, right? So one of the first steps we always say is to have your own credit card, but I know we'll go into those tips, but you know, it goes farther than just with your spouse. A lot of people feel this with their legal counsel. Absolutely. A lot of people get into a situation with legal representation or really any representation where that um, advocate is not really understanding the funds available for that level of representation and how that representation can be most efficient. So then you get on what I call the hamster wheel of attorney's fees or mediation fees or any other kind of fees. It's not just limited to attorneys. And there's no way to back it up. And so that's why we are so um, committed and invested in everyone who may be facing divorce or in divorce to back it up and prepare and know where you need to spend uh, your money, how you have access to that money. Um, And, uh, you know, a lot of times legal counsel can uh, obtain access to funds for you via court hearing or a conference or in a multitude of ways. But if you don't know how to ask for that, it's probably not going to happen. So 
You know, we want people to understand that so many times you have so much more autonomy and ability to access cash or an ability an ability to uh, utilize your resources to access cash, uh, cash than you actually think you do. Yeah, you're so correct in saying that, but it's so scary for so many people to mm-hmm. actually realize that and actually to make intention decisions. So let's talk about how they can make those decisions and get prepared for their financial safety and and security. We're all looking for security for our futures. That's absolutely true. So do you want to start with the relationship with the spouse or talk about the relationship with the attorney? Oh gosh, so much to talk about. Right? I know. <laughs> so um, let's let's pick up on that attorney one because a lot of people don't realize that the attorney is actually working for them. And they don't understand the industry like we understand it, of course. Or mm-hmm. you've already mentioned that they don't even really know what to ask. That's so true. I was just on um, a call with a client yesterday and she has a pending court hearing for support. She's been waiting for six months for it. And, you know, things have been really stressful for her, of course. And so we had had the discussion ahead of time to say, you know, ask your attorney at this hearing if you can also ask for an advance of funds or any other remedies that allow you to support yourself through this time because spouse is not providing the documents and they're having to file a motion to compel and things like that. So she did ask her attorney and her attorney said, of course, I'll get that done. Um, She had to write a letter first to opposing counsel for something, but she was very willing to ask for relief um, once she understood what the client was going through. Actually, that happened on two different calls yesterday with two different clients. You know, if you just know how to ask and the attorney can adopt your situation and advocate for you. They're more than willing to take those steps for you in most cases. I'm glad you said in most cases, because of course, I'm going to be the devil's advocate here mm-hmm. and give you another scenario that I spoke to somebody yesterday. And that is her attorney was on board to file a motion for support. So this was supposed to be done in, in December. And today we're in January and it was never filed. Mm-hmm. And her attorney's response was, oh, you know, the holidays came. The other attorney was on vacation for the month or will be on vacation. So we have to pick a new date. But meanwhile, she also sent her the letter and it was dated December 15th. So our client was like, wait a minute, it was the holidays. That was 10 days before Christmas for her. So so how do you follow up for yourself and advocate for yourself? You know, maybe did this client wait too long for the follow up? Should she have followed up within a week of that call that they promised to do that? to get a better understanding? Yeah, so that's a really good question. And when we work with our clients and they have um, attorney representation, we do encourage them to, before they even hire their attorney to ask, you know, will you keep me up to date on these deadlines? Will I get copied on every letter out? Um, Whether they understand it or not, it's good that they know. Because then if that date comes up where that, where the attorney promised it was going to be filed or documents are coming in, then you touch base with that legal staff and say, did it happen? You know, what's the update? Because that will give you some uh, comfort in knowing that your case is moving ahead. Um, You know, so, so many people are getting divorced and you can get lost in the shuffle very easy. Um, So taking that, um, not so much responsibility, but opportunity 
to understand next steps in your case and what you can expect. Um, you know, and typically the attorney staff is the best um, person to rely on. Or to ask. I don't know about yes. relying on, but to ask. <laughs> um, you have to rely on yourself, especially if you're feeling abandoned by your spouse and now by your attorney. So yeah. by being prepared, you can rely on yourself, who is your best advocate. Um, yeah. Because, you know, a lot of times this process goes on longer than you want it to go on. And we want to all just retreat to our corners and have somebody else make these decisions for us. But then your financial insecurities will only grow. Uh, they'll go deeper. They'll hurt more. So you have to really be accountable to yourself. That's so true. I have to tell you about, well, first of all, I just want to say that's why at My Divorce Solution, we have legal liaisons as part of the process because those legal liaisons understand litigation, not attorneys on any level, but we're really good at asking questions. So we understand how you and we can support the financial picture because obviously it's all about finances, right? And mm -hmm. understanding the trajectory of your case is very important. I, I was on the phone with another client yesterday who they thought they had an order in place for child support. Um, and evidently the amount was not put in, but it said we're going according to guidelines. The judge said, just use the guidelines. Everyone agrees that we're using the guidelines. I don't know why that happened, but it happened. And the difference in both counsel's opinion as to what the guidelines were was a difference of $1,000 a month. And so, you know, then we had to have the conversation of how long do you fight this battle temporarily because you're paying triple in attorney's fees to get that $1,000 a month. So, you know, what other remedies can we work with your attorney to get or ask or like, what can we do short of this battle, this court battle that's really getting them nowhere? It's difficult, very difficult. You know, Karen, that's one of the reasons you know that I do not enjoy doing support calculations because every attorney has their own assumptions that they're using. Uh, it's quite frustrating. and could be quite a big differential. But you know what? That's another explore that we should do. I'd love to carry on that conversation with you. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, you know, I know we're kind of mixing when you're feeling financially abandoned by your attorney and or your spouse. And mm -hmm. one of the other examples that comes up a lot is that when your attorney tells you to get money from your retirement account because it's the biggest lump sum of money that you have somewhere. You know, you're scrambling because you need money and you're thinking that's a great idea because you'll see a few hundred thousand dollars in those accounts, you know, and your spouse now is, okay, take it from there because they know you already have to divide that account. So why not give it to you now? But you have to be clear that that is not necessarily your best option moving forward because there are tax ramifications from that. And you're going to feel even more dismay moving forward when you're hit with a tax bill. So there are a lot of steps in here to get prepared. Know what your other options are so that you start creating a different story with your own finances. So true. So let's move on to um, feeling like you're financially abandoned in your marital relationship pending or during a divorce. What can people do there? And you probably are being an abandoned to some level, 
right? All of a sudden, someone doesn't want to take care of your expenses anymore. You see that all the time with when you do our budget with our clients, you know, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. a spouse is telling you you're not allowed to spend that much. Okay, well, I've been doing that for 20 years. So you're going to tell me that now. Mm -hmm. So instead of being continually controlled, you may want to make sure you have a credit card. We mentioned that a little earlier in your own name, right? So if it's considered a post-separation or non-marital account now, that's okay. If you need it, you need it. You need to use it. And then that can always be reconciled later. So getting your own credit card will help you avoid some embarrassment that we hear about when people go. Um, I heard this yesterday as well. You know, she went to five, five different places where her credit card was denied later to find out that her husband shut her off of all of those credit cards. So she was standing in a store trying to buy a sandwich or a coffee. I can't recall what it was, but she got denied and she just looked around and was so embarrassed that she felt so alone in that moment. And if only she had her own credit card, she would have felt more secure and not so embarrassed. Um, right. So definitely. And even if you're not, you're thinking divorce or even if you're married and you happen to like to listen to this podcast, get a credit card in your own name. Absolutely. It's important. Um, We talk about that in other podcasts, you know, the difference between being an owner and an authorized user. And you have, if you haven't heard that uh, divorce explorer, that's really important that you understand those nuances. Mm -hmm. So the second thing people should do is get a copy of those tax returns from your accountant. Sometimes accountants get very nervous in a divorce situation and they're very reticent to provide tax documents once they know a divorce is pending. So, you know, just get a copy. If you don't already have a copy, first of all, you shouldn't sign a copy of a tax return without having a copy. But if you have, it's certainly your um, right to get a copy of those tax returns. They're very, very important documents to you. And sadly, it's not only your accountant who you're going to feel like left you. You know, the time and time again, we're hearing about your bank, your mutual fund company, your brokerage firm. They don't want to talk to you anymore all of a sudden because you're getting divorced because your spouse already told them you're getting divorced. And unfortunately, they side with the money earner because that's who's investing with them later. And so when you have access, if you have access now, I would go back for the last three years and get all the statements that you can get while you have access, because that probably will change. But you also should call all these places yourself and make them uh, be aware or acknowledge that they're on notice as well, that your, your spouse should not be withdrawing money from these accounts either. And if you get the person's name you spoke to, the time you spoke to them, where you spoke to them, because the most information you have, the more, the most, that doesn't sound right, but more information, the more information that you have, the better it will fare for you later. Um, And and it'll also make you feel better that you took a step. You know, your spouse doesn't have to be the one to take a step. I mean, the other thing is I I see spouses take $5,000 without thinking about it, but we can't get our client to go take the $5,000, even when their attorneys tell them to do it, because it's so scary and they're afraid their spouses are going to get mad. But take these steps to protect yourself and you won't feel so alone. And you'll let these professionals know that, guess what? you're forced to be reckoned with yourself. You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be mean. You just have to be directive. And that is to let them know that this is your account as well and that you're not authorizing any changes on this account unless they physically see you or hear from you. Exactly. And I also want to say, unless you're in harm's way, 
a lot of people are in harm's way, it's not necessary to move out of the home or make any financial move without understanding financial impact, even if it's uncomfortable. Um, making knee-jerk reactions because you think you're going to feel better, sometimes um, it's not the best decision for the longer term. So again, it's always, always better to prepare and understand and know, and then from that knowledge, take the steps that are best for you. And if you've already started the divorce process, don't be afraid to ask your attorney for a request to an advance to marital funds. You need to manage your divorce. You need to pay your attorney and other professionals. Um, so it's okay to ask for that. And also if there's an account that you can take a little bit of cash, um, know that you're taking it, but it would probably be considered an advanced equitable distribution. So don't go spend it on something that you won't be able to replace. Right. Or an advance to the community property settlement, either one. Right. So this concludes our episode on dealing with financial abandonment and divorce tips to help you navigate through this unique challenge. We hope you now have a clearer understanding of why it's important to prepare and be, on, be your own advocate during this challenging process. Stay tuned for future episodes as we continue to unravel the fascinating world of finances and divorce. And remember, knowledge is power, but in divorce, knowledge is everything. Here's our disclaimer. The information provided in this podcast is for educational and informational purposes only and should not be considered as financial or legal advice. Please consult with professionals in the relevant fields for personalized guidance. If you're considering divorce, make sure to protect your wealth with divorce financial planning from My Divorce Solution. Our certified divorce experts will help you untangle your finances and understand your settlement options so you can negotiate your marital assets with confidence. Protect your financial estate with divorce financial planning. Visit MyDivorceSolution.com to see if you qualify to work with our financial divorce experts. That's MyDivorceSolution.com for expert divorce financial planning. Thanks for joining us on another episode of We Chat Divorce. We hope this episode was informative and supportive on your divorce journey. If you're looking for more support for navigating divorce with confidence and clarity, head over to MyDivorceSolution.com for more podcast episodes, divorce events, and resources for your divorce. We'll see you back here for our next episode.